So, super quick, just to do some housekeeping. Number one, uh, I don't know how familiar many of you may be with Kabbalah Center, but I want to just share a little bit about what we do and the resources that are available. Now, I've been, I came to the Kabbalah Center, I was 15 years old, I'm 39 today, so it was 24 years ago, uh, and my uncle told me about it, and I, even at 15, I was going through some amazing things, and I needed spirituality. So when I came, I realized, wow, after my first class, this is the, the secrets to life. And I, instead of going down the path that I was going to from a career point of view, when I was 19, I, 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 I wrapped up UCLA a little bit early, and I decided to join as a full-time volunteer uh, the Kabbalah Center, just to teach, because I found it to be the most rewarding experience to help people. And, uh, and also help myself, right, to transform myself. So I went on that journey as a full-time volunteer, took a vow of poverty, and seven days a week, every night, all day, just met with people one-on-one and traveled the world teaching. And uh, I can say I'm also part of a community of teachers all around the world who are some of the most amazing souls, each of them having their own unique spiritual superpower, I would say. And uh, I think it's all about community. What I've learned is the secret to all kinds of success, whether it's business success or spiritual success or just mental health success, is you need to have good people that you can rely on around you that inspire you. So there's probably about, what would you say, Daniel's one of uh, my colleagues. We've been together for a couple decades Daniel's sitting in the back. I've asked a couple of teachers to kind of just pop in. They all have crazy schedules, but these are all instructors who have taught and opened up different Kabbalah centers all around the world. And Daniel, actually, I wanted you to meet him because next week he will be leading us through uh, what is his specialty. He spends 95% of his time on, which is generational tikkun healing. I'm not doing it justice right now, but generational tikkun healing where... I've seen, I probably sent him 100 people as a referral in his one-on-one sessions, and he's able to get right to the core of a person's tikkun. Where does it come from? How your parents have affected that? How your past life has affected it? And get to a solution for you. And I've done sessions with him myself. So I've asked him to come next week to take tikkun to a deeper level as well. And I want to introduce you to different instructors that we have, because each of them have incredible powers. Uh, if you're interested, this Monday, we, are, we have new moons here at the Kabbalah Center, and a new moon is a very special time. It's the seed level of the month, and what your consciousness is on that day determines the outcome of that month. So what we do is we get together, we, we study and we learn about what the month's challenges will be like, And then we do very powerful Kabbalistic meditation. And this teacher, Yehuda Ashkenazi, is, he has an incredible resume of what he does, but what his specialty is as a musician is he creates Kabbalistic sounds and vibrations and meditations that slow down the frequency of the brain and help you tap into an intuitive, more powerful side of who you are. And so... You, there's only 100 spots for this. People are going to be like laying down for a portion of it, blindfolded. It's going to be an awesome experience. So if you're interested in that, come on Monday at 13, 7 p.m. Just make sure you register before you come.
So throughout the sessions, I will tell you more about the things that we do and the incredible people that we have here so that you can experience it as well. All right. So, guys, what was this week like? How has your life been since studying Kabbalah? What's going on? Tell me. What are you experiencing? What are you feeling? What are you seeing? Usually, your life starts to move faster. You should now start seeing your garbage a little bit. Uh, you start to see where you are most reactive. Raise your hand if you are noticing yourself being more reactive than ever. Raise your hand. Okay, very nice, very nice. Raise your hand if uh, you find that maybe you're a little bit more irritable than you used to be. Raise your hand. Okay, right. not so bad. What are some experiences that you're having? What are some inspirational stories maybe you're having or that you would like to share? What are some lessons that you're learning? Yeah, Justin, please. I definitely think um, number one lesson is pause. Definitely. The pause. The pause is very important. The pause is, is, is life-changing, the pause. Because, I mean, there's so many instances where I would react really quickly and I've, I've realized that. What's one example of an area you used to react quickly? You know, sometimes, sometimes when I want to explain something to someone or one of my employees, I explain it to them. I always, I realize that it's, it's, it's condescending by saying, oh, it's really easy, let me show you. So when oh, I... Oh, so you'll, you'll, you'll do it for them almost. I will show it to them and I'll say, it's really easy, let me show you. And then one of my, my employees once mentioned to me, he's like, when you say it's really easy, it may be easy for you, but it's not easy for us. Mm. So it makes us feel bad when you say that. So... Someone, I was explaining to my one of my assistants how to do something. So I, and she she was normally someone like does something wrong or I I. I She's normally remember. someone who does something wrong. No, no, no. She if she does something wrong, I I want to like explain it to them like next time you do this with this patient or do something yeah. different. So I didn't, and I just paused, and I'm like, hey, I, I approached it differently. I it took a second. Instead of reacting and, and saying what I wanted to say really quickly, I took a second and I'm like, I let her tell me what she could have done differently. All right, beautiful. So let's stop right here. When, and I'll take the mic from you. When Justin paused, what happened? What happened to his soul when he paused? This is the, well, by the way, why are we pausing? Let's start there. Why do we pause? Because we want to be better people? We want to get closer to the light. That is true. Why does pausing cause me to be closer to the light? All of this is true. But I need to know why. Remember, in Kabbalah, we're not just going to tell you what to do, go out there and be inspired. We need to know the why. We need to know the soul system. So if you think about it, this is us. You see that? That's, you see that? It's beautiful. This is, imagine, oh, you know what? It's actually not a good drawing. Let me do it differently. Let's do, I need to put a little texture in this person. Please do not judge me. Okay. Okay, here we go. Oh, see that? A little bit better. I drew a little bit more dimension to this person because I wanted to show you the body and the soul. 
So the soul is completely connected to the light of the creator, which means that the soul knows the answer to everything. The soul knows who you should talk to, who you shouldn't talk to, what your purpose is, who your soulmate is. The soul knows what to say to people. The body is trying its best, but it's incredibly limited. In fact, when we try to talk to someone from the body point of view, we're only tapping into 1% of the information. And that's why you see in relationships, people are trying to talk to each other and the, the miracles aren't happening, the connection's not happening because people are speaking from the body consciousness and not the soul consciousness. So the question is, how do I bypass the body and draw down and connect to the soul? Because the soul already knows everything. Even when you're asking a question in the class, if I answer it from my experience or my knowledge, how, even if I knew all these books backwards and forwards and I had the greatest life experience, that is still incredibly limited because I don't know your past, your future, your soul, your reincarnation of your soul, the baggage you're bringing. How would, how would any of us know any of this? But the soul knows past, present, and future, because time does not exist from the creator's point of view, only from our limited body point of view. When a person dies and the soul reincarnates, the concept of time disappears. Have any of you ever been under anesthesia? Raise your hand. I love being under anesthesia. <laughs> Me too. Besides, it's probably the first best sleep any of us have ever gotten. What's so great about being under But what is the best part about being under anesthesia? That's right. You, you're, you're unaware. It's not like sleeping. You literally are smiling at the doctor. He's saying some stupid joke to you. And then you wake up two, three, four, five hours later. And it feels like a second. So you enter a reality where time does not exist. People in comas, it's the same thing. They could be in a coma for years and to them, it feels like the second. So time is an illusion. When a person is reactive, meaning the lack, the fear, the doubts come up, the body consciousness is at its highest state of connection because you feel it in your body. You feel it in your stomach. You feel it in your gut. Your heart starts to race. You start to sweat. You start to become nauseous in certain cases. You see, for example, your boyfriend speaking to someone who's more attractive than you. You start to get a little jealous. How many people here ever stalk either their current relationship or their ex's social media platforms? Have you ever done it before? Raise your hand. Be honest. One person. Amazing. <laughs> How many of you ever go to see who they're following? Right? Why do we do that? All of that is because the body, the tikkun, the correction of the body is coming up, and it's a test. You want to reach for the phone and check. If you pause, you say, no, pause. I'm going to shut down the body consciousness. As soon as you shut down the body consciousness, what's left? The soul. And this is why the information comes. This is why 
when, you're, when you want to tell your employee, here's how you do it, it's easy because that's, you know, the reactive way. And that's, not, that's, that's like very borderline. It seems like very uh, harmless, like a harmless reactive behavior, but it's powerful that you identified it as your unique reactive behavior. And you pause and you just give that space. Something comes that's very divine that knows the whole picture. And that's what we want to always connect with. Even when you're eating food. Who's got, who's got food here? Is there food here? Show me something. What you got here? You got the cookie? The amazing cookie that was outside? Guys, have you tried this cookie? It's unbelievable. It's like an unbelievable cookie. I had one yesterday, and I have to restrict having... My body consciousness is a little overdrive for this cookie. So this cookie is so good. It's soft. It's chewy. It smells like, like those like Mrs. Fields cookies that you smell like through the airport, where it's like the smell is coming down like hundreds of feet away. It's got a little crunchy outside. It's got just the right amount of chocolate chips. Not too much. It's not too little. It's a little mushy. It's a little moist. You see the moist? You can actually see the moist this here. So here's the problem. You crave the cookie. When you crave the cookie, the body's in control. So that means when you eat the cookie, the cookie is going to strengthen your body consciousness. It's going to make you less of a channel. Forget about if the cookie's good for you or not good for you. Forget about that. It's, is the cookie controlling you or are you controlling the cookie? It's very powerful. If your body's saying, I need cookie, you go get cookie, you eat cookie, you're an animal. That's what animals do. Animals see food, and they're hungry, and they go eat the food. Animals are in heat, and they go have sex. Animal feels it's in danger, so it attacks. This is what animals do. We are a kingdom above the animals. Bless you. There's four kingdoms. We are in the only kingdom that has the free will to become like God. So when we see the cookie, we have to say, pause. What are, who are we saying pause to? To the cookie? No, oh, it's a poor cookie. It's just, the cookie is just trying to be revealed. The light of the creator is in the cookie, and it's trying to be revealed. So it's not the cookie's fault. It's how, which, which mouth am I using to eat the cookie? Am I using the mouth of the body or the mouth of the soul? If... You don't need the cookie, but you decide to reveal the cookie's energy in this world. Otherwise, it would go to waste. The creator created it, so why are you going to throw it in the trash? Then, you now, this cookie will bring you wisdom, sustenance, maybe even help bring you closer to your soulmate. Can you imagine? The soul of your soulmate is in this cookie. And if you eat it with the wrong consciousness, you miss the opportunity to reveal your soulmate. But if you eat it with the right consciousness, you get one step closer to your soulmate. And by the way, this is exactly how everything in this world works. Everything has energy in this world, and if you think about it, most of us have been approaching life completely reactively with no consciousness about what we're doing, eating, saying, who we're meeting, what clothes we're wearing. Even when we wear our clothes, it needs to be with that consciousness. The most powerful way to reveal something is by not, I'm sorry, it's your, it's your cookie. <laughs> by, by not, by realizing first the body comes up, 
Then you pause, you overcome the reactive behavior, then your soul shines and the soul guides you. I had a woman reach out to me um, recently and she just wrote a story. It was a powerful story. She said, I'm a very, this is how she started. She said, I'm a very powerful woman and anything I want manifests. However, I just took Kabbalah One online. So I don't know if you know, we have like a master class, Kabbalah One. So most people who don't come to LA, that's what they take. And she said, I'm, I'm now on the seventh or eighth class and I realized something. I was so insecure as a child and so rejected by my father that I said I'm going to show him and show everyone that I can manifest and I can create. But I've realized I've created an entire empire based on reactive behavior and lack. My body built an empire. And now I know why I've had chaos always from my business and the business does not fulfill me. So, You can create greatness from lack, but it will always come. It's like like having the cartel be your business partner. They'll give you the money, they'll give you the support, but it's still the cartel. And they will be in control. You are not fully in control of the things you build from lack. And if you're lucky, the creator will avoid, will will ensure that you do not even manifest from lack. Because it's better to have that rejection so you work on yourself, so you build it the right way. Any questions? Um, Yes, so I have a question. It's something I've been thinking about uh, the past week. And I'll use the same example of the cookie. So you might have a situation where the problem is not that you're unable to pause you know, like the, the cookie is not in control, but there's this messaging that you don't deserve the cookie. So I've been thinking how, you know, because we have, uh, I've, I've done some spiritual practices where you want to magnetize things, feel deserving, Correct. that they come easily. Correct. And um, I was wondering how does this pause, uh, I haven't earned it, how it connects with ideas that you're not worthy of. Beautiful. Good things Beautiful. happening to you. Beautiful. You know? So you're touching yeah. upon what we talked about last week. Do you remember the main tikkun of like all of us that we talked about? The main correction was what? What did we talk about? What, what, what kind of, what is the main tikkun we kind of saw? The, we don't feel worthy to receive. We don't feel worthy to receive. And even very successful people, they always have chaos in some area of their lives because they don't feel worthy to receive in that area. Wherever you have chaos or lack or dysfunction, that is the area that you don't feel you, you, you deserve to receive. So when I don't feel I deserve to receive, the vessel shrinks. So even if the miracle wants to be revealed, it has nowhere to go. That's the problem. You've earned the miracle. You've worked for it. You've earned it spiritually. You've earned it physically. The creator has revealed it. But where does it go? It's like, it's like I gave this analogy. I don't know if it was in this class. You work at a company. You make all this money, but you sent them the wrong bank information, and they're wiring it to a different account. But it's your money. But you're never going to see it because you gave them the wrong bank info. 
You didn't give them the right vessel to receive the money. So what is the right vessel? One of the biggest areas we need to pause is when the negative side tells us we don't deserve, or your mom tells you you don't deserve, or you watched your immigrant parents have a hoarding lifestyle, so a very limited lifestyle, so you taught yourself not to receive, or you taught yourself not to spend, or you taught yourself it's not good to be too wealthy, or you taught yourself not to live comfortably. How many people like still have the same phone for the last seven years? You know, it's like the phone that's like, it's like cracked. It's got 97 cracks in it. It's got like, dust in the speaker. It's like a little bit of gum, a little piece of your hair in it. It's time to level up. It's time to level up. Any area of your life, you're holding on to something old and you're not getting something new and you're not leveling up, it means you, don't, you feel you don't deserve to receive. You have a follow-up to that. Yeah, so, uh, so the question is still there. What's, what's the difference between saying, pausing, I'm not going to eat this cookie, and me it actually being, me telling myself, you're not worthy of the cookie? How do you separate? If you feel things? you're not worthy of the cookie, yeah. you're not even in the game. Okay. No, no, oh, no, no. I feel worthy of the cookie. What I'm saying, I don't want to start telling myself I'm not worthy of the cookie because Who I'm said positive. you're not worthy of the cookie? Okay, good no question. One. You, I am absolutely worthy of the cookie. I deserve all the cookies. I deserve all the cookies. <laughs> but I know I want it all. I don't want that cookie going into the wrong, the wrong uh, mouth. I want the cookie to feed my soul, not my body. That's why I'm going to pause. By the way, the pause is five seconds. Every restaurant you go to where they bring this delicious meal and you're starving and you want to dive in, pause. Do this at a dinner table and watch, just watch the energy just explode. People will, go to like a business meeting. Everyone just starts going to eat. Just sit there and just look at the food for five seconds. Talk to the food. Say, food, I'm in control. I don't need to eat you. I don't need you. I'll die. I don't care. I could die. I'm willing to die to be in control. But you know what? If I die, I can't help. I can't, you know, what are my kids going to say? What is my, what, and I can't come teach this class if I die. I can't help people. I'm just, I, it's not good to die. So I'm going to eat you. I'm going to reveal you. But not because I need to. I'm sorry? That's right. You're lucky that I'm revealing you. And by the way, you just said something powerful. Do you know that there are souls that reincarnate that are trapped in the mineral kingdom, the vegetable kingdom, and the animal? By the way, this is Kabbalah 3, 4 content. I don't know why we're going there, but let's go there for a moment. Mineral, vegetable, animal kingdoms, and the souls are trapped. Souls are trapped in this chair. There are souls trapped in that tea. There are souls trapped in that cookie. And it's waiting for someone with the right consciousness to enjoy it with the right consciousness, then the soul elevates and it reincarnates. Like, if you have, how many people here have pets? You have a dog or a cat. Does that animal bring you joy? Of course. That is the tikkun and correction of the animal to bring you joy and serve its master. And by doing so, it earns a reincarnation into the human kingdom. 
And the Kabbalists actually explain there are things that we can do that cause us to reincarnate back down to a lower level of the animal kingdom. And then that animal has to go through a process to reincarnate back into the human kingdom because only in the human kingdom do you have the true free will to pause and earn the light of the creator. Yes. This is, I don't even know why I'm asking this, but when we were on the way here, we were having this conversation actually about animals. Can you stand up just so people can see? Yeah, and I was just, this is, I know, Kabbalah three or more, whatever. But what if... What if you're just like, I want to break and I want to come back as a dog because this is really hard. <laughs> is that really like a regression or maybe you're just making the choice? Oh my God, that's so powerful. How many people can resonate with what Asia just said? <laughs> you know, sometimes, I know sometimes I look at like my son, I'm like, damn, I just wish I could be you. You just play all day long and you don't have to think about anything. But what's the problem with that? You know, my teacher, Rav Berg, he used to have this, he used to teach these classes at five in the morning in the 1980s. They're the most powerful classes on Kabbalah. It's called the Ten Luminous Emanations. And he gives this example all the time that when you're feeling the pressure and the heat, you know, when you feel the heat and the stress and the anxiety, so much on your plate and so much expectation of you, and you're confused and you don't know how to handle stuff. He said, at that moment, you have two options. You, should, you can either scream, give me relief. And if you ask for relief, what will happen? You will go from, what is this, 32 ounces, would you say? I feel it's 32. Right now, you're a 32-ounce bottle. You can hold 32 ounces of light. The stress and the pressure is to try to take you to 64 ounces. So you can hold more. Why? Because you've been asking for more. So the stress is to break the old vessel. But then you say to the creator, Ah, it's too much. I want relief. Creator says, Wish is my command. Here you go. Let's shrink the vessel, less problems, less stress, but less light. By the way, all of us right now could sell everything we have and move to Bali and live off of $200 a month eating the best food, having servants and and whatnot, and living on the beach. It's available to you. Just go buy an $800 ticket and go to Bali. How come you're all stressing out here in Beverly Hills paying high taxes with crime and homeless and all these problems and go to Bali, listen to Kabbalah One on your phone and relax. (laughs) What's the issue? Meet Meet a nice man or woman there, doesn't speak English, even better, you don't have to deal with them. You don't want stress? There you go. What's the problem? No growth. Well, we strive for it. So the secret is when you're feeling stress, every part of your body wants relief. You say to the body, pause. I'm going to give you more stress. And I've learned this. Every time I have stress, I say, give me more stress. I literally say it out loud to the universe. Give me more stress. 
Because the minute you say, give me more stress, you broke the body consciousness. When you get excited about the stress, it's not stress anymore, it becomes passion. I made this post a couple days ago where I sat with eight, eight of the most inspirational CEOs I've ever met in the space of food. They, sell, they all have food companies. And the founder of, or, uh, if you know the brand, Organg, his name is Andrew. The guy had cancer when he was 19 years old. And then, um, uh, no, he had cancer, and then as, a, as, as he was in medical school, that's what it was. And he developed a protein shake to, because of, of, of his chemo. That protein shake is now the biggest protein brand in the world. It's called Orgain. And he said that when he felt the stress, the chemo and the cancer and the bills and the fact that he dropped out of medical school and all of this, instead of being a victim, he decided to go into it. And he said that as soon as he went into the stress, the stress becomes passion. Anyone who is stressed, if you, if you convert it by saying, give me more stress, it becomes passion. And this is what he said is the su successful founder knows how to create stress into passion. But the way you do that is you say, give me 64 ounces. In fact, give me 128 ounces. In fact, give me a pool, of, give me a pool to hold all the water. Give me the greatest vessel there is. There's this funny, it's not really funny, in those classes I told you that my teacher used to give, he said when, when Moses, was a great catalyst, right? When Moses had a paper cut and he started bleeding, what would Moses say to the paper cut? He would look at the blood, he would look at the blood of his finger and he would say, I want, bless you, I want everything in this world. Because when we cut our finger, what do we want? And it's bleeding, what do we want? We want a Band-Aid. If only I had a Band-Aid. All I want is to stop the bleeding, stop the pain. When, 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 if, you, if, you, if you desperately need $10,000 to pay a bill, what do you want? Just $10,000. When you have pain, ask for everything. And ask for a Band-Aid. The body's asking for a Band-Aid. The soul's saying, give me everything. When you have pain, it is a portal to jump to a new destiny. But the body wants to keep you to this. And guess what the body wants? Eventually, the body... Are you done with this? Eventually, what does the body do? When there are people who get older, what happens to people who get older? Does their desire grow or does it shrink? Shrinks. And eventually, it just shrinks. So everything's just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. You know, have you noticed like older people, they start complaining about everything? Complaining about noise, complaining about people, complaining like, ah, ah, ah. It's because the vessel's shrinking. So even the slightest discomfort's bothering them. Because the vessel's getting smaller and smaller. And eventually, there's death. So the, the body disintegrates and the soul comes back to a new body. However, you want to expand your vessel. So the great Kabbalists, as they got older, they got wiser, and they got deeper, and they became more powerful. The, a great Kabbalist, their grandkids would want to sit around and learn from them. 
Most grandparents, you're avoiding them like the plague because they're annoying. The grandparents that are annoying are the ones who are shrinking their vessels, so there's less light. The grandparents who are inspirational, they keep pushing the limits of their body, of their mind. They go into the stress. So that's the lesson for all of us. How do we overcome our tikkun? Do not react to the tikkun. Relax into the lack. You feel lack? Relax into the lack. Feel the lack. Feel the lack. Some mornings I'll wake up and I don't, I don't feel good. So I'll go sit on a balcony and I'll say, I love this lack. I love it. I want more lack. I'll tell the lack, you think you control me? I control you. The lack's like, no. Get some energy now. Go get some. I need some energy. Give me some energy. Give me my little addiction, my little escape. Mmm. Mmm. Give it to me now. Say, pause. I want more lack. Watch what happens. All right. Let's do a workshop at your tables. You know, we said something very powerful. You brought up something very powerful, and I want to do a workshop out of it, but now I forgot what it was. What was the point we had right before this? Not worthy, but there's another point. Oh, the cookie. What? Yeah, there's something else. There's something else. Which mouth is it? Keep going, keep going. What? Souls that are trapped in the cookie. Oh, that's good. That's good. Getting closer. Yes, yes, but there's something different. There's something different. I made a point right before this. Yes. Yes. Nope, not there yet. Give me more, guys. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. It's not about the cookie. So let's move on from the cookie. There's another point after the cookie. Oh, that's what it was. Where, okay, now I remember. Where, do you, where can you now remember that you were at that inflection point where you asked for relief instead of asking for more? Where recently were you at that inflection point? That was a test from the creator to expand your vessel or to shrink it. And by the way, if you want all your problems to go away, I'll tell you the trick tonight. And you can go home to the secret of getting rid of all your problems. Just pray to the creator and say, I want nothing. I don't want love. I don't want success. I don't want respect. I want no pleasure. I want nothing. I want you to bring me nothing. I want to manifest nothing. I don't care if... Anybody is in my life. All your problems will go away. But you have to mean it, right? Just say it. It's going to work. <laughs> By the way, why is that true? How many people want to go try that? How many people are going to dare to try that? Tell the creator, I want nothing. Huh? Because the creator will do whatever you want. That's the thing. 
If you say, I want nothing, you turn off the faucet. Once you turn off the faucet, the stress is over. When you say, and you say, I want to grow my business 10x, starting tomorrow, you're going to have challenges like crazy. I'm ready this year to meet my soulmate. You will attract 10 emotionally unavailable men tomorrow. You don't attract soulmate. You attract everything to test you, to bring out your garbage, to see if it's real. Say, I'm going to resolve my issue with my mom this week. Your mom is going to call you and curse you out and say something really annoying to you. But wait, I wanted, I wanted X, and I got the exact opposite of X. Because the opposite of X is what shuts down the body consciousness, develops the soul, builds the vessel for the miracle. So at your tables, let's spend like six, seven minutes. Not too long. Just Everyone just kind of go lightning round. Where, what are good examples in your life where you were tested with wanting either relief or going to your next level? All right? Let's, let's try that out, and then we'll continue. All right, everyone. All right. If you didn't finish, you can wrap up later. All right. I got a little bit more content to share before we wrap up for tonight. And if you have questions, just start thinking about them. All right. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce something real quick. How do we, how do we identify, what's, a, what's another tool to identify what we need to correct? We are blessed to be in this world with other people because, you know, when, when do problems start? As soon as there's another individual involved, that's when problems start. How many people here live alone? You're single, live alone. It's very nice. It's very nice. It might be lonely, but it's nice. You come home tonight, you're just going to walk in. You throw your clothes somewhere. You're going to eat something and probably leave it out. Or maybe not. And you're going to watch some TV, maybe. You can do whatever you want. You can go to bed. And no one, or maybe not. But guess what? You do whatever you want. It's very nice. As soon as there's another person involved, there is friction. There's problems. No. Always, always had this. I always, I remember my dad taught me this joke when I said, um, why, what was the joke? He said, he said about business partners. You know, you don't hear many good stories about people who are business partners. Nine out of ten times, there's always a bad story behind it. If you really think about it, like, God, God doesn't have a partner. He did it by himself, so it's like, <laughs> must be something to, must be something to it. But here's what's really special about having other people in our lives and every single person who is in your life, including every single person who is at your table, is all designed by the Creator to show us our tikkun. You're always going to have someone at your table who is similar to you, and it activates your tikkun, or someone who's very different who also activates your tikkun. And that is by design, and the Creator designed it that way. It's very spiritual. Our souls are migrating to be together. Thursday night's Kabbalah one, very different from Wednesday night Kabbalah one. Does anybody here also comes to the Wednesday night? 
just a couple of you, right? You were here last night, right? Very different energy. Very different soul migration, that class versus this one. You guys are actually, I think, a touch, what would you say, deep. I think you guys, we go deeper in this class. I think people absorb and they want deeper content. That's what it feels like. So to understand our correction, how to identify my personal tikkun, my correction, there are two types of tikkun. Number one, it's called, first one is a mirror tikkun. This is where the person or situation that is challenging me is mirroring or reflecting a similar negative trait that is in me. So for example, if you're watching YouTube, you're watching some kind of news broadcast, and some figure comes on the screen, and you don't like this man, you don't like this woman, this man or woman triggers you, you're angry. It means he or she is doing something or is behaving in a certain way or has a quality that is similar to you. Yes? How does that apply to somebody like Trump? Okay. <laughs> you said it, not me. How does that apply to somebody like Trump? Okay. So we're not going into politics, but it's very powerful. It's very spiritual. Well, I, I, let's that's do it. it. Yeah, let's do like, it. Well, so what, what bothers you about Trump? I'm not a Trump hater. I'm not like a Trumpster, but I don't, I don't understand why people have so much hate. Okay, so you're talking for a friend. You're asking for a friend. No, I'm asking for, for like, for me, it's a puzzle. Like, why do people hate somebody that they don't know? Okay, let's it, take... People hate Biden like that. Like, why do people hate I'll so I'll tell you much? why people either, and it's 50-50, right? People hate Biden, people hate Trump, because there's a part in themselves that they hate. And so, so for example, let's say Trump. Let's say somebody says... I don't like that he makes it all about himself. Or I don't like that he's so arrogant. Or I don't like that he just... Whatever they say. Actually, if we had that person sitting here for three minutes, we would get to the bottom of his or her life where maybe she's a mom that's very arrogant with her children, meaning she doesn't really listen to her children's needs and she just controls them mm -hmm. because she thinks she knows better. And by the way, she believes it with certainty. But there's so many people well, that have so much hatred towards like one person. It's in, it's really mind-boggling. Well, it's actually very beautiful because the cre <laughs> create no, it's very beautiful because the creator sends these global figures uh -huh. to activate the tikkun of the world. Okay. Because by activating our negativity, we have the opportunity to transform it. You cannot transform that which you do not see. Okay. So we need antagonizing people to come and awaken us. Think of even now what's happening kind of like with the wars. Everything was kind of normal, and then all of a sudden everyone gets triggered, which means that that cancer was always there, just sitting dormant. And if the whole world needs to go to its next level, and the light wants to be revealed, what does that mean the light wants to be revealed? More prosperity, more innovation, more cures, more healing, more peace, more clarity, more spirituality, more wisdom. We need a vessel for it. Which means we got to let go of the old stuff, the old cancer, the old garbage we're all holding on to. So we need a war. We need someone to come on TV and act in a certain way that makes all of us feel unstable and imbalanced, and then we start arguing with each other because that was always there. Trump's not causing you to be angry. You were always angry. Now, he's doing you the, the service of showing you your anger so that you can find your soulmate. 
I, I, I get like they're, they're kind of like um, avatars or something like. Yeah, because think about it. Let's say that that single 30-something, 40-something, I want my soulmate, I want my soulmate, but it's not happening. Because you got anger and control issues, and you're so type A that you're actually learning how to compartmentalize your life and keep everyone away who triggers you a certain way. Trump just did a good job of just getting right in there. Oh, yeah. He just, just <laughs> knew how to, that's what he knows how to do. But he's a robot. The creator is sending him as a robot. He can't control what he's saying. You know, have you had people in your life, or have you been in someone's life, and you just, like, said something to really trigger them, and you're like, I, I don't really act that way. But you just felt, like, you, next thing you know, you're, like, abusing the person verbally. <laughs> but it's not you. Again, not that it's an excuse to be that way. That person needed somebody to trigger them. Why that person was you is also your spiritual responsibility. Because if you were working on yourself, then you wouldn't be the person who was put there to trigger them. Someone else would. So the fact that you also said it doesn't excuse your reactive behavior. The creator just perfectly matched you up. Saw that this person has a wound, you have a wound, and it's perfect. Let's put you guys together. And we see this. We're only attracting people who are both elevating our goodness and elevating and, and, and detoxing us of our negativity. It's crazy. I've seen people leave one relationship, they go to another one. It's this different color hair, different sign, different accent, different country, same tikkun. Some people in this room, some of us are addicted to unavailable relationships because it's safer to date someone that I know is not going to want to be with me. What? I love knowing the fact that you don't really want a commitment. And I'm going to tell you I want one, and you're going to tell me you don't want one, and it's going to be fun for me to make that work because I need some dopamine. I need some adrenaline. I like the drama. I'm used to it. And if you were safe and you said you wanted to love me for the rest of my life and you took care of me, I'm going to push you away. Because I don't have a vessel for that. What I do have a vessel for is fighting. I like the fighting. I fight with you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have a reason to be angry. Because I grew up being angry, and it's familiar, and I like it. The way the cookie is familiar, or the ice cream is familiar, or that place that you travel to in that beautiful part of the world is very familiar, it's very safe to you. So we all have that. That's, tiku, that's what tikkun is. We brought it from past life and life and life again. So either it's a mirror tikkun or it's a trigger tikkun, where the person or situation is simply triggering my negative traits and bringing them up to the surface. So maybe you're not like Trump, but he's still doing a great job. Trump is doing a great job, one thing for sure, triggering you. Yeah. And, and then you got rid of him and you brought someone else, he's triggering you too. And this one's triggering you. If, you if, that, if you say, no, I like him, then this other person is going to trigger you. And guess what? If you ignore Trump and you ignore Biden, the spirit of the tikkun activation will come into the person in your house. And your son will start acting like Trump. And your, or your dog will start acting like Trump. Your dog will just start pissing all over the house. <laughs> like pissing and, and just being... It's like... Somebody recently neutered their dog and it didn't change anything. He's still hyper. He's like, I don't get it. So it means that the dog is activating your tikkun. 
can neuter him all you want, it's still going to be hyper. <laughs> all right. Who had a question? Yes. Hi, everyone. Um, my question is, is your tikkun a forever thing that you always have to work on? Or is it something that you overcome, and yeah. then do you get a new tikkun after that? Yeah. So the tikkuns that you overcome become your superpower. Whatever your, is your greatest negativity and fear eventually becomes your greatest talent and your gift. And then a new layer is revealed. A new layer is revealed. As long as we are physically in this world, we will have tikkun to work on. And some of us took on tikkun of like a, a, another soul that we're working on on their behalf as well. There's a lot of contracts that happened in the upper worlds before we came down. Yes. So how do you um, expand your vessel, I mean spiritually, yeah. to get that? I know about neuroplasticity, rewire your brain, the scientific part, but spiritually, to expand your vessel, whether it's for relationship, money, abundance, yeah. friendships, whatever. So everything we're learning every week is giving us new tools, new wisdom, and new consciousness, new energy to go out there and do this, right? It's, what's one thing we're going to get out of tonight? It's so exciting to confront our tikkun. And even though I'm saying that, I know within 10 minutes I go outside and something upsets me, I'm going to forget the whole lesson. But we have to rewire our brain to appreciate the difficulties and the challenges and to embrace them and to love them. And let's, like, let's go. Like, let's go into it. Let's get excited to see our tikkun. Let's get excited to deal with the difficult people. Let's get excited to deal with the difficult businesses. Let's get excited to deal with the difficult clients. The more you're getting excited about the difficulty and you're shifting your consciousness, you're shifting your whole reality, shifting your whole world. Joe Dispenza, Tony Robbins, all these people, when you go to their seminars and their workshops, it is life-changing. We're all teaching the same thing. The reason why you're studying Kabbalah is because we're taking several steps back to go to the seed level of why we are this way, because when you understand the why behind something, that's when you become most, success, most successful. I learned this about myself. I've learned that for me to be successful in the business world, I need to first learn all the rules of that little industry, and that's how I can scale infinitely. But if I'm just coming in, trying to do my best, whatever, that's not going to work. You need to learn the why, what's going on, what's the whole structure, and then you feel the certainty to move forward and make miracles happen. And you are all learning the certainty of how your soul works in this world, and as a result, you will be successful. You, will, you cannot unlearn Kabbalah. That's what's powerful about this. The NPS score, as studied by an outside party, of Kabbalah 1 was like a 95. It's unheard of. Like Apple is like 70, and that's like the gold standard which means that the net promoter score of people who experience this is a very positive one because you learn something that you know is true, and we have every religion represented in this room, including atheists, but you feel something that is true, and you cannot unlearn it. You're like, well, I guess that's what it is. Light, vessel, got to be like the light, makes total sense. So this is, going, this is already changing our consciousness in a tremendous, tremendous way. And some of us will not continue. Some of us will take a couple of classes and we'll move on. That's all part of the plan as well. But years from now, you will think about it all the time and you will 
come back. I have seen that. Is anybody here after having come many years ago and now you're only coming back again? One, two, three, four. That's right. Oh, Jim, you got to share your story. You got to share your story. She was in the first Kabbalah one I ever gave 20 years ago. 18 years ago? Sorry. I was 21 years old when I gave that class. Yeah. It was in this room, right? Yeah. We were facing that way. Yeah. Just, just tell, us, tell, tell us real quick. Tell me the story, because I hadn't seen her in 18 years. She comes to a, where was I? I was giving a talk. So I, I follow David on his Instagram, and he posted something on. Put, put it, go see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He posted that he was speaking at Grow LA about consciousness and business. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. So I said, okay, I have to go. So I brought two of my employees with me. <laughs> I don't like to public speak either. Okay, so stand up and just share it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stand up, stand up. It's a good story. It's a good story. Come stand up, stand up. I was inspired by it when you shared it with me. Okay. So I've run into David like multiple times over 18 years, but he sees so many faces that he doesn't remember, but I will always like pop in and I saw him in an elevator once. Anyway, so I saw him at this thing and I said, David, like um, 18 years ago, I took your Kabbalah One class and I don't know if you still do this, but she said he doesn't remember doing it, but he said, um, if you could have anything that you want, what would it be? And write it down. It was a workshop exercise. And he said, if it's a million dollars, write down a million dollars, but you can have anything you want, so I hope you ask for more than that. So it's like expanding your consciousness or your limited beliefs, right? Uh, how old were you at the time? Well, I don't want you guys to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Go for it. <laughs> Eight years old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I wrote down I want to start my own business but I didn't know what that was Um, and then we wrote it down we put it in like I don't know where it went we gave it in I don't know what you did with it but then he said okay guys now you have six weeks to do it and everyone was like what I can't do it and then he went through this whole thing about why not what's stopping you all these things um And then for me, I opened my business in six weeks. I took it as a challenge, and I was like, okay. And so I opened um, a retail store. It's all like, it's like Hello Kitty. It's like, it's called Japan LA, (laughs) Um, which was also like a thing where it was really silly to be an adult and like cute stuff, but um, it was, I could have anything I want, right? So I opened a store, and um, it's like 18 years later, I still have it. I have 24 employees. I, it's like expanded a lot. Um, yeah, it's a global thing. It's very powerful. Yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, she's being modestly shy about it. But, yeah. it's, but, but you had that success very early on, right? Yeah, I opened it in six weeks, and then it just like happened. And I don't know. That's it, I guess. Thank you. That was good. Good. Thank you, Jenny. I mean, what just, what's so powerful about that is... All day long, like I have, I have, uh, I remember hiring an executive. He's like, he's like 55, he was 60 years old. He was about to retire, but he was so good. It's like, you know, do one more run with our company, just come. 
And, he, and I said to him, I said, you know, he's worked at every like food company. And I said, you know, I want in your first year, he's, in, he's our head of sales and retail. And I said, I want in your first year, I want you to go uh, to, to get Whole Foods as, an, as our first account. And I want that by the end of the year, we have 100 products in Whole Foods. And he looks at me, he's like, young child. <laughs> young child, that's not how it works. Um, you know, all the brands I've ever worked for, you know, let's aim for three to five products this year. We're getting to Whole Foods, and yeah, maybe we could talk about growing that. I said, no, we got, I said, I see it. We can get 100 products. We can be the first, you know, I own a vitamin company. I said, we're the first vitamin company to have, you know, we'll have 100 products there. And he's like, it's not possible. I don't want to hear it anymore. Just let me do my job. And I said, no. I said, you're going to either believe in it or you're not going to work here anymore. Because if, an, if, a, if someone working in your company has a limited belief, that means they're closing the faucet. They're shrinking the vessel. And that means that everyone under them is going to have a shrunken vessel. That's the most dangerous thing because companies don't grow because your product's good or your marketing is good. Your product's good and your marketing is good because the consciousness of the people is unlimited. Right? The reason why Elon Musk attracts great talent, great ideas, and great engineering, I mean, NASA has the same capabilities, so why is Elon Musk having the lowest cost option for space travel? NASA's been doing it forever. All these governments, the most powerful governments in the world, have all the resources, all the money. Elon Musk has a belief system, so he attracts all the right things, lowest cost provider. SpaceX is a $4 billion company like this, and it's doing what no other company is doing because it's his consciousness. He opens it up. So I remember telling him that, and, and bless you, and, and you know, make a long story short, it happened, it happened, and he goes, I heard him say recently to a management presentation to a large company, he said, guys, I'm standing before you today because I've never seen this happen in the history of retail in my 40-year career, but we got 100 products into Whole Foods, and he's saying it like in his own disbelief. And I'm, we're always talking with each other, and I say to him, I say, look, we can never have a limited belief about receiving because we're going to cut off. I don't say it's Kabbalah because I don't want to mix the two, but I tell him, you cannot ever have a limited belief. So we have to think unlimited. We have to think unlimited in every department. We have to think unlimited. So all of us here, you know, the, the, the triggers and the mirrors are coming for one reason. The calf, the cow wants to feed more than the calf wants to drink. The creator wants to give more than we are ready to receive. We think it's the opposite. Creator, creator, why aren't you giving me? I don't have. It's the opposite. He's trying to give us more. So the triggers are all coming for us to expand and ask for more. But sometimes we get traumatized and hurt and we shrink and we protect ourselves and we become small and we want our privacy now and we go out less, we confront less. You know, I went to this event this morning and the three nice people that we have here, right? I, I, I just went to this event. I went for 30 minutes. I had an event at my house. I left my house event to go to this event. I told myself I'm going to introduce myself to 25, 30 people. I literally went up to each person. I said, hi, my name is David. Hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. I met these three amazing souls. I don't know. We started talking about Kabbalah. I said, come tonight. So, in fact, I'm going back to the event. Are you going back to the event tonight? Yes, we're all going back to the event. But, and, I remember, and I met like four or five amazing people because I'm just thinking like we have to, like 
I have 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I have to manifest unlimited things here while I'm here. And, and I'm told myself I'm going to go outside of my nation, just talk to as many people as possible. So we have to just go out there and, and not shrink. We have to expand. Creator wants to give you. It's there. It's just waiting for you. It's, if you want it, it means the Creator created it, causing you to want it. If you want something, it's because it exists, causing you to want it. How long it takes you is 100% up to you. It can take one second, it can take one year, it can take one lifetime, if you believe that it needs to take a lifetime. All your consciousness, nothing else. Okay? So we're going to wrap up for tonight. Um, What's our homework for this week? Where, where can we let go? Where are we ready to think unlimited? Where are we ready to think unlimited? You are allowed to have all of your fulfillment. Not partial, not a little bit. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing shameful about receiving. Just make sure to share with your table before you leave, just to hold yourself accountable. Where are you going to expand and think unlimited this week? Because that's the greatest tikkun there is. That's the greatest tikkun there is. All right? All right, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week.